Okay, so we started a new series last week. Oh, no. Does anybody remember what it was? No. If you were. No. Um, I wasn't, I don't think. No, I'm I was one from my word now. It was only me and Leo. So then, no. Perfect. Yeah. It was not nice. I know it's a lesson was about, but I don't know, like, what we read. It had what a nail. Was it, about? it was loyalty. Remember? Who? Loyalty. Oh, yeah. That was part of it. Where in the Bible did we find out about Romans? this? No. That's Psalms. Psalms. Was that a guess? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even here. Okay, we are looking at the. We are looking at the most famous psalm. Anyone know? Three. One three. Sounds like a famous Psalm 23, or you may have heard it as the 23rd Psalm. Because someone thought that was important. I brought this from home. I don't know. So, the 20. Does anybody know what a psalm is? Phoebe, since you were first. Isn't it um like a song that people wrote? Yes. And. Yeah. And what are they, what's the topic usually of a song? Yeah. What is, what are, who are psalms usually about? God. God, okay. So what do we usually, what do we call today a song that's about God? A hymn. Okay. It's good news, but like, you know, they're like gospel music. Okay, yes, there's gospel music also, which is, some of them are in hymnals, right? Some of the gospel, or if you want to put it into a category of music. But a psalm, this was, which you should have heard many, many times, the Jewish hymnal, right? If you listen on Sundays in church, right? Because we just did a whole series, Pastor did, on different psalms, right? And this hymn, most of them are written by David. So this is by David, which Phoebe's going to tell us all about next week. Yeah, I will. will. She's going to go see a play about David. So it's perfect timing. Um, in this hymn, David is thinking about God's relationship with us and what it's like. And what does he compare God's relationship with us to? Shepherds and sheep. Shepherds and sheep. Because sheep are stupid. They are. Okay. <laughs> so you're calling us stupid. That's what, I yes. don't remember who it was, but yes. I know it was one of you guys. We're the sheep. What are sheep? And they're like, stupid. And they're like, yes. yes. <laughs> you have, well, I've heard that from anybody who's up here teaching about the Bible and when sheep come up. So we will get to that. But why would David talk about a shepherd and a sheep when describing our relationship with God? God is a shepherd. Leo. God is a shepherd and takes care of us in life. 
Yes. Is he literally a shepherd? No. Okay, so why would David use that as a picture of God? Because it's a common, at the time it was like, it was a common, like, well understood. Okay. Because a lot of people had animals of some sort. Yes, and there are sheep around the world, and there were a lot of sheep were raised in the Middle East, still are, but... I'm looking at a more specific thing to David. He was a shepherd. For real. Sorry, I don't spell shepherd very often. Shepherd. That's a P. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can go with that. So, he spent... um, probably at least, I don't know, 10 years of his life as a shepherd out there. So that's like 30,000 days, oh right? Jeez. No, 3,000. That's long yeah. a long year because there's, there's 3,000, there's 375 days in a year. Yeah. That's a long time to spend out there by yourself with I don't know maybe they had a hundred sheep maybe they had two I don't know how many sheep his father had because like I get trampled you get trampled yeah by a sheep yes he also had to fight lions that came these are um yeah I, well I was gonna say I they're not really like the African lions, but they're, they're still a lion, okay? Like, lions. Um, maybe a little bigger than those, but we have mountain lions, right, in the United States. And you pretty much don't know that there's a lion there until it's right there on top of you. Because think about like a house cat. Have you, who has cats? Okay, have you ever been there and had like a cat sneak up on you and just all of a sudden attack you like attack no, your foot no. from under the couch or... Tommy's collar. Yeah. oh okay so your bell well the wild ones do not have a bell <laughs> so they can sneak up on you now david as a shepherd he's doing those are exciting things but that doesn't necessarily happen every day he spends a lot of time in silence well you hear nature around you but he's there by himself <coughs> but what does he do to spend his time if he's he writes he writes music so he has a little um prop a harp or uh might be like a little one you ever see one of these before liar it's a liar i was thinking of um l-y-r-e But I think that's different. So isn't that like the instrument that isn't around anymore? No one knows what it looks like. I have heard that, and I'm not sure if that's the one. I think it's more of a Greek thing. Yeah, I'm not going to speak too much about the instrument, but we do know he has a little harp with a few strings, and that's how he writes this music. So we don't know. It doesn't say in the Bible he wrote this while he was watching his sheep, but. It's a pretty good guess to know that he wrote this 
while he was out there watching sheep and playing his music. Um, and he actually was very good at it, at music. You'll find out more. It's also very convenient that, it's more than convenient, but that pastor is teaching about who on Sundays for the sermon. Yes, Jesus, but David, right? He just started a series, so that's going to be really helpful for you guys with this too because you're going to see all the other aspects of his life. Um, <clears throat> so, he describes our relationship as Jesus is the shepherd with the classic shepherd's hook. Anybody have a shepherd's hook? Does anybody use those anymore? Do you sheep people out there? We have them, but we don't use them. I just get a bucket of food. They follow me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we use them to corner them so that we can grab them and drag them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, if it was brown, if, actually, if it was red, it would be my sheep. What? So, Jesus is this shepherd, and you are the sheep. Wait, it would be really funny if he spelled it like E-U, or E-W. It's, yeah, I think it's E-W-E. Yeah. You. Yes. Well, we're not going to. <laughs> um, and he compares you being a sheep that belongs to God. Um. And that's the first thing that he says in this hymn that he wrote, verse 1 of chapter 23. Actually, let's, we're going to go ahead and read the whole thing because there's only six verses. And we'll start on the other side this time. Felicia, do you want to start with verse 1? Psalm 23. Okay, so last week we looked at what part of this? I don't know. I don't know. Those of you who are, who are here. Those two. What part of the verse? The beginning, yes. My guess would be verses. We looked at the very first part of verse 1. We looked at the Lord is my shepherd. Yes, we are going to break this down because there is a lot packed into it. Sometimes, uh, you may have noticed with other songs, there are songs that don't have a lot of words, but that makes you focus on the few words that they have and they have a lot of meaning to them. There are some psalms that are like 
in here are like 120 verses long. Wow. This one is only six, but there is a lot fit into those verses there. And the first part, the Lord is my shepherd, means what? He takes care of us. Oh, um, we're he's, he leads us to the right place to go. Okay. You guys talked about loyalty, Leo. You said that was yes. what it was about. What does that mean? Like, uh, like trusting them. Trusting them, okay. So if you trust the Lord, what else... You obey him, okay. What were you going to say, Leo? I was going to say, do what he says, but that's kind of the same as Okay, that's okay. And did you guys talk about ears? And what about ears? They are for hearing, they are for listening, but the ears. Yes, what do you do with a sheep's ear? You put a tag. Oh, I've done that. Okay, what did they, what would David have done though? Because he didn't have a plastic tag with a number. Put a stick in it. No. They would cut a certain shape or something in the ear. Yes. It's basically the same as branding them. Is branding so them would, Well, yes, yeah, so you guys talked about that too. So maybe David would put like two notches. In all of oh, I thought you meant like you would cut like 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 where the tag goes. Have you ever seen the cases? There's like a notch. The what? The cape. There's like oh. Oh, the cape. Oh, the cape. Like, like the letter number and then the the like page number and then on the other end it's like the farm number. Okay. There Lord we go. <laughs> so they do that. To, know, to be able to identify them because sometimes what might a sheep do? Run away. Run away. Escape, right? And maybe not even on purpose because they're afraid. And that's to mark them to know that that sheep belongs to the shepherd, that specific shepherd, and he can identify them. So you might say that we belong to Jesus then. No, because it's, it's a metaphor, right? <laughs> and um, you guys also talked about what happened to Jewish slaves. They got like a mouth through the ear? Yes. Or, or, it's like they had to do it for like a few, a certain amount of years. And then if they wanted to stay with their master, they would go and get they would get an awl, which is kind of like a nail for making holes, yeah. and get punched through their ear, through the up against the doorpost. Well, then they pull it out, and that was a mark that they had dedicated their life to that master of their own free will. Okay, so even and we still we don't get holes in our ears, but I mean, unless you're ears. yes, right. Um, but even we do a similar thing, not that type of physical thing, but that same meaning 
where we choose to be a servant of Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian. Paul said in a lot of his letters he would sign them or introduce himself by calling himself an apostle, a servant of Jesus Christ. And anybody who was a Hebrew would know that metaphor of being marked for that master. Okay, so now that we've um, established who is who in the picture, that Jesus is the shepherd, and we are the sheep, and we belong to that shepherd, now we're going to find out what the shepherd does for us, what he does with us, and that's what the rest of this whole chapter is about. Um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and read verse 1 again, and we're going to fo focus on the second part of that sentence. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, what is it mean, what does it mean to want? Because that would you wouldn't need anything to want to want it's right. to have a desire to have something that we don't have. Okay, a desire. What's another definition of want? Crave. In case it's a food that you want, crave would be the word. Okay. What about if you are in want? If you are wanting. What does that tell me about you? Selfish. No. Well, it depends. Cause, like, if you want your Avalon house, it's not selfish. But if you wanted a really expensive toy, that could be greedy and selfish. Okay. So let's say that you... Um, let's say that you want a car. What does that tell me that you don't have? A car. a car. Well, yes, it could be money. <laughs> but it tells me that you don't have a car if you want one, right? Unless Typically, unless you're like a collector of cars. But at your age, I would assume you don't have a car, right? <laughs> I mean, technically, there's a car I can easily get the keys to drive off with. Well, like, yes, but that wouldn't be having the car, though. That So that means if, if you are in want of something, what... There's another way to say that. Not having. Lacking. Lacking. <laughs> right? You're missing something. Okay? And usually if you are in want of something like that, it's something that you need. Desire is usually means what? You want something that's like... Yes, but we're trying to... I mean, desire could be. Yo, you guys are right. You want it. What if but, your par parents ever told you, you just want it, you don't need it? Yeah. Well, what yes. if you were asking for food? Well, well they wouldn't would tell you that unless it was an extra food. No, like, okay. they so desire is usually um, like extra, right? It's not something you need. But desire can also be used to describe a sin. It can be, yes. And usually the, a sin 
Something that is a sin is not something that you need. So if, let me ask you this. If you go up to the counter of your favorite ice cream place and you place an order, how would you say it? Can I please have vanilla ice cream? Can I please have Good. I am glad that you all have manners. Nobody did the atrocious thing of, have you ever been behind somebody in line and they say, I need five burgers, five fries, and this. Yes, I have. And this dude didn't say that. He said, I want 20, 10 chicken nuggets and I want it now. And he was like, that's true. Well, it always kind of rubs me the wrong way when I hear someone say, I need. It's like, but you are asking somebody for something. They don't have to give it to you. Yeah, you should be a little bit more. Well, sometimes people are mean, but sometimes it just is like, it's the way that they just say it. They, they, it's the way that they are programmed that they just say, I need it. And Were they raised like Veruca Salt? Huh? Were they raised like Veruca Salt? I don't know who that is. Uh, your wife dressed up like last year, the giant blueberry girl. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes, I know who you're talking about now. So, um, the this one, a lot of times we like to overemphasize and say, I need that. And it's really, that's not the case. Now, if you are sheep, a sheep, what do you actually need? We're talking about real needs Ooh, as a sheep. Okay, so that's key, right? You you can't do any of the stuff that you just said for yourself, Correct. right? None of that you stuff. Sheep, no. You could run you, through a thicket bush so your that's gone. You could graze on grass and you could walk around to find a watering hole to drink out of. Yeah, they yes, we could. Yeah. So that brings me back to that. So they could eat stuff for a while, right? Until they get, they're in a corner and they don't see anything else and they don't know how to find it on their own, right? I don't know this because I don't have personal experience, but I've heard that sheep will just drink bad water. Like, any old nasty water and you've got to make sure that the only water available to them or take them to good water to drink because they'll just drink whatever um shelter somebody said shelter what does that mean why does the sheep need shelter predators okay so they need to be protected from outside predators Okay, they can't just be out in the weather? Why not? Well, Cattle are just, cows are out in the weather. They, think they, can. <coughs> they just choose not to. They don't like it. <laughs> what about, Felicia also talked about their coats. What happens if they're out in the weather all the time and in the mud and what do you need to do no 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 let's focus on the coat 
if yeah, they're... Yeah, so if they can suffocate themselves in the it, boat, if it gets too big, get, they'll get they'll stuck in water. They'll what? It'll get dirty, and then it'll get infected. Okay, yes. So they have... They're very... Um, a susceptible to parasites, right? Mm-hmm. And other very. things like that. They need... Like Felicia said, their coat will just keep growing and growing and growing. And if they're out there on their own... What? Well, yes, if it's too hot. And what else could happen if they're out there wandering in the wilderness? Get stuck, right? They get stuck easy. So it's very obvious, not just, I mean, other animals too. You look at a cow and you're like, that would never survive on its own out there. Uh, Like... Mm. A Holstein. There's no way. You look at chickens. They'll all be killed in like the first night that they are out in the woods. My chickens were dead and they were still in a cage. Honestly, that actually does happen a lot. Yes. Left. Yes. Right. So sheep are probably are one of are probably even worse than chickens because chickens can pretty much find their own food right lots of people have free range chickens they'll go out there find bugs and but sheep not so much they they're pretty stubborn and not very intelligent but that's why god chose to pick them and david used it inspired by god to describe us you're thinking, well, I'm so dumb. I don't stupid. feel very dumb. We are pretty stupid. I mean, Austin, would you... No, no, this is stupid. Go around and lick electrical wires. Would you go around and lick an electrical wire, Jacob? I would not. But we do other things that are really spiritually stupid. Okay? Let me. So... <clears throat> The sheep really cannot exist without their shepherd that at least provides to them their bare minimum needs. We talked about food, water, shelter, making sure that they don't get lost, don't get stuck out there. And but David didn't say he didn't say the Lord is my shepherd, I get by. Didn't say it's. It's the bare minimum of what I need. He said, I, what he's really saying is, I lack nothing. And if you look further down, he explains, um, takes this to the next level in verse 5 at the end of it. And he says, my cup runneth over. With blessings. Yes. If you have a cup and you keep filling it, and filling it, eventually, it just pours out over the sides. And David says, that's what my life is, that God just keeps pouring into it, and it's more than my cup can hold. I have far more than I need. Sound, so that sounds really good, right? Everyone likes to have a full cup. Not always. I mean, if you have everything you need, wouldn't life be pretty empty? I mean, you have What's the point of that? You'd just be sitting around with nothing to do. You'd have 
Okay, that's a good point, but we're going to look at it because that's not really what David means. We'll get to that in a second. So, let me ask you this. If David has a cup that's running over, would you like to be David? Why do you say that? Like what? Scary things like fighting giants and living in the wilderness by yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So that does sound pretty tough, but some of that stuff to some people might sound fun. It does kind of okay. sound a bit fun, but it also sounds chaotic. Which honestly well, but here's here's the real stuff of why you wouldn't want to be David. It's not even necessarily the things Phoebe mentioned, because those are kind of his highest highs in his life: just killing a giant fighting and destroying enemies that David thrived on that kind of thing and was very good at it. Here is the reason why nobody would ever want to go through some of these things. How about this forgotten by his family? His first wife was taken away from him. His father-in-law that hunts him down and tries to kill him for years and years and years until he's dead. Just kill the father-in-law. He couldn't. He was he, the father-in-law was anointed by God. Um, and he can never see his best friend ever again. In fact, the next time he sees him, he died on a battlefield. He's, he sees him already dead. Um, his own son overthrows him as king by spreading gossip about him and... Lies. Sneaking behind Propaganda. his back. Yes. And then his son dies before things are fixed between them. So, why would David say, My cup runs over when all these terrible things happen to him throughout God his entire life? He's still alive. Okay, that's a good thing to, to care about, right? Um, So David says that he has a lot of bad things and trials that come along. Lions attack, thunderstorms come, droughts dry up the grass. Those are all bad things if you're a sheep, right? As, as a sheep that belongs to God, the worst things have happened to David. But he says despite that, when he says, I shall not want, the Lord is my shepherd, that my shepherd, even though all these things happened to me, some of them were his own fault, were because of things Are that you he sure did. Maybe like a third of those things that I listed were you could draw a direct tie to actions that David took. Yeah, some of the other things were. No, that had nothing to no, do. Like the other guy. Uh, are you think? I think I know who you're talking. I did not mention that one, but yes, that was his fault. Um, so he knows that his shepherd is watching out for him. Some of these things are just part of life. 
And he could let those things make him feel terrible, make him depressed, make him feel like not even getting up in the morning sometimes. I'm sure he felt that way many, many days. But what he is reminded of is that God is always there. If you look at all the Psalms, the hymns in the book of Psalms, there's a constant theme where David says, my enemies are attacking me. People are out, are against me. People are saying bad things about me. The terror, I'm under attack, but he always ends it with that God is there with me. God is coming to my rescue. He's here to save me. He's here to take care of me. Yep, there's lots of them throughout. And what he knows that he will always have his needs fulfilled. What he needs is always going to be filled. And then he says, I get extra on top of that. What good things happened to David? He became king. I mean, there's a reason why they say it is good to be the king, right? There's good things that come along with that. Some hard things. What else was a blessing? Think about the Bible as a whole. What's David famous for? Okay, yep, so he's famous for his faith in God and God giving him the ability to do that. What else is he famous for? Okay, he wouldn't be able to write these hymns without the things that happened to him, right? Something good came out of it. Who's his great, 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 Jesus, right? He was promised that the Savior would be born in his line, a king that would rule forever. Didn't Jesus say he was glad to be in David's line? Um, maybe, maybe I don't. I couldn't, probably, but I, I couldn't tell you exactly. Okay. I'm not sure. You know anything else? No, I mean, we covered some big ones. I'm just thinking of other things that he, um, he was promised that his son would build God's temple, the greatest temple. Solomon built that. That's something for a promise that was given that was going to be handed down to his son that came along. There are many things that David had, good things throughout his life that came about. And... That's how he can say his cup runs over. But even when it doesn't feel like that, he is content. That's an important thing that these things, his wants, are covered and he is content. Does content mean that you always have everything that you want all the time? No, most of the time it means that you do not have those things but you are still at peace with not having those things. 
that you have patience to maybe have them eventually, and you are satisfied enough to maybe never have things in this life that you wish for. So, Jesus said that you can only serve one master. When you choose to have Jesus as your master, there is a contentedness that comes along with that. Felicia said earlier, well, what if you have everything that you want? You still feel empty. That's what the world promises you. It says, oh, you can have everything you want. You can have the property that you want. You can have the houses that you want. You can have the cars. You can have the family. You can have the job. You can have the hobbies. Whatever it might be, you can have all the vacations that you want. It's basically like selling your soul to Satan, but having it's never going to work. Right. Okay. That's an extreme, but yes. Um, But all of that is empty without having a shepherd that loves you, that cares for you, and that is watching over you, that relationship with him. Um, Oftentimes, we try to be in the driver's seat. We want to be in control of when we get our desires, how we get them, what they are, instead of being patient and waiting on God to fulfill those for us. And the problem is we're really too dumb to be able to decide when those things come to us. We think that we want something, but we don't really understand what that means a lot of times or that we're not ready for that yet. We're going to finish up here. This is the book that... um, We're basing a lot of our lessons out of. It's about a guy, Philip Keller, who was a shepherd for like 20 years as well as a pastor in the 50s. So he had many sheep. That was his living, was he actually raised sheep and did it for many, many years. Um, So he knows them extremely well and has a lot of different stories. And I'm going to read you his one story on the... I shall not be in want. I shall not want section here. Okay. He says, The fact remains that some Christians are still not content with his control. That is Jesus' control. They are somewhat dissatisfied, always feeling that somehow the grass beyond the fence must be a little greener. These are carnal Christians. One might almost call them fence crawlers or half Christians who want the best of both worlds. I once owned a you whose conduct exactly typified this sort of person. She was one of the most attractive sheep that ever belonged to me. Her body was beautifully proportioned. She had a strong constitution and an excellent coat of wool. Her head was clean, alert, Well set with bright eyes, she bore sturdy lambs that matured rapidly. But in spite of all these attractive attributes, she had one pronounced fault. She was restless, discontent, and a fence crawler. So much so that I came to call her Miss Gadabout. This one you produced more problems for me than almost all the rest of the flock combined. No matter what field or pasture the sheep were in, 
She would search all along the fences or shoreline we lived by the sea, looking for a loophole she could crawl through and start to feed on the other side. It was not that she lacked pasturage. My fields were my joy and delight. No sheep in the district had better grazing. With Miss Gadabout, it was an ingrained habit. She was simply never content with things as they were. Often when she had forced her way through some point in a fence or found a way around the end of the wire at low tide on the beaches, she would end up feeding on bare, brown, burnt-up pasture of most inferior sort. But she never learned her lesson. She continued to fence crawl time after time. Now it would have been enough had she, if she was the only one who did this. It was a sufficient problem to find her and bring her back again. But the further point was that she taught her lambs the same tricks. They simply followed her example and soon were skilled at escaping as their mother. Even worse, however, was the example she set for all the other sheep. In short time, she began to lead others through the same holes and over the same dangerous paths down by the sea. After putting up with her perverseness for a summer, I finally came to the conclusion that to save the rest of the flock from becoming unsettled, she would have to go. I could not allow one obstinate, discontented you to ruin the whole ranch operation. It was a difficult decision to make, for I loved her in the same way I loved the rest. Her strength and beauty and alertness were a delight to the eye. But one morning, I took the killing knife in hand and butchered her. Her career of fence crawling was cut short. It was the only solution to the dilemma. She was a sheep who, in spite of all that I had done to give her the very best care, still wanted something else. She was not like the one who said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. It is a solemn warning to the carnal Christian, the backslider, the half-Christian, the one who wants the best of both worlds. Sometime in short order, sometimes in short order, they can be cut down. So, pretty um, severe, right? It's not to say that God is going to kill you. But he isn't going to let you continue to do the same things without consequence. He's not going to let you be a distraction or a hindrance to other Christians around you. He's, in his own way, he will put an end to that kind of thing. So, this all comes back to the beginning of the verse that we looked at last week, is that who do you belong to? Do you want to belong to Christ? Are you willing to listen to him, to allow him to be your shepherd, to guide you, and to help you? Or... Are you always looking for something else, something that you think is better? Okay, we'll continue on next week.